Web, hey, welcome back. Where the heck have all you people been? We've been sitting here waiting for you all this time. <laughs> Special Corona <laughs> podcast, yeah. the Corona cast. Right, right, the Corona cast. Um, well, we're glad to be back, and obviously it was a busy season, so it made it hard to get back on the microphones and do a podcast, but we really felt like it was it was time to get back on it. Um, a lot of reasons. One, just the, the situation that we're in, and we're going to talk about uh, coping skills a little bit in this uh, episode, and the fact that we didn't get to have a celebration. We didn't get to have mm-hmm. our banquet like we normally do, and, uh, and we really thought that um, we need to do something. No, this isn't. It's not the same. Um, and We're not going to talk about every single wrestler on every team. Don't worry. Right. And it's it's not us being together and, and breaking bread and just having that chance to sit down without it being uh, everybody scrambling around to matches and, and doing all that. But um, it's better than nothing. Yeah. And we felt that there were some kids that we needed to make sure we recognized and some traditions that somehow we had to, to keep alive in, in some of our awards. So, How are you, Coach Smith? I am good. I am, I am Coach Smith. You are from Carnegie Middle School, and I am sitting here. I'm honored to be sitting here with the Sacramento Bee All Metro <laughs> Coach of the Year. Thank you. He pulls that off as a rookie. How? Does, <laughs> Thank guess, you very much. You know, I guess my twenty bucks went a long way. So that, that's, that's a good thing. No, congratulations. Thank you. Um, that's a great honor and, and very well deserved, and, and says a lot about the program. Thank you. I, really, I agree. Really does. I agree. And it's not me alone. It's everybody. It's you. It's all the Toby, Pete, Julian. It's Mike Lee, especially. Right. I mean, and Vigna, all, all uh, Swilly, everybody. Everybody that's been contributes to our program. Parents, kids, everything. And um, you know, I just get the credit because I'm at the top. But um, you know, I'm I'm really honored to have that. It's like really special. It's very rare to get that. And uh, the morning that it happened, I was sleeping in, and. Uh, my parents texted me, and me and my wife, and Shelby, it was like 8 a.m. or something like that, right? And she answers her phone. She's like, oh, my God. And I thought someone <laughs> died the way she said it. And then she read it to me, and I was like, what? I didn't believe it. I had no idea it was coming. No, that's totally awesome. caught me off guard. So thank but, you very much. But, you know, your your perspective is perfect that it, it's um – you take it on as an honor for the program, and, and I, I give you a lot of credit. That was a big um, task to take on, taking over from Mike Lee. I wouldn't want to have to do that. <laughs> Although either. he's a great assistant coach. I will, I will <laughs> give him credit for that. Never had an empty water bottle all season. He did, he did a fantastic <laughs> job. Um, but congratulations. Thank and, you. And what an honor, and it really um, it just says how – you, you, cool. it puts on, our, you, you puts didn't put it on cruise control. You, you no. jumped in and, and, Let's go. and kept it going seamlessly, go. and uh, it's a great thing, and what a what a great season. And it's cool for me because it puts a lot of – we just had a lot of fun this year, yeah. and I put a, put a lot of that on the map. Like, And like we said in earlier podcasts, how I don't, I don't even um, preach winning or talk about winning or preach championships, but we focus on all the things that we do. Details, but uh, I'm not going to get to those specifics now. And we're like, the winning will take care of itself if we focus on these things. And that's what happened. And now we have all these, you know, accolades to measure that, you know, that that success. So it's really cool. And that that will, the biggest thing is it all builds into the future for uh, for our kids. I agree. And that's that's what it's all about. All right. So So, enough of praising you. Let's get on with it. Well, I want to, I want to (laughs) know real quick before we get into this, have you been holding up with quarantine? Um, I'm doing all right. Um, it's a lot of alone time, but yeah. uh, um, I'm doing okay. And I think it 
it will all kind of connect to what we're going to talk about today in, in our section on the, the mental side of it, because we're yeah. going to talk about how to kind of cope with all this. And yeah. I think um, what I've learned through our, our program at Missouri and, and building upon that since we've gone through, I think that's that's been the part that's kind of kept, kept it healthy. Um, how lucky are we that we went through that and got uh, so many of those skills, coping skills, absolutely through so many different emotions that we can possibly go through in the future, and we're using those and applying those now and spreading those now to, right. to and, and, everybody else. And trying to use it as teachers to benefit the kids. I'm, I'll say this right now. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the way I, I want to teach. I love the energy on campus. I love interacting with kids. I love holding them accountable. Um and it's this is not easy for anybody, and I feel I feel bad for the kids because it's not the same, and they're not getting the same experience, and um, I feel bad for them. But all we can do, right, is is as we're going to talk about later, control the controllable mm-hmm. and, and make it the best situation that we can. It's not going to be uh, what it should be, but it can still be the best that we can possibly do and, and get the most it. out of it, right? Accepting it. All right. Well, let's get into um, let's get into a little bit of a season rewind here. Just kind of touching on some of the highlights and and what happened during the year. I love it. Um, it, As far as Carnegie was concerned, it was it was a little bit of an unusual year in the fact that we were so young and and a lot of new kids, a lot of sixth graders on our team, which was exciting because it was it was having to adapt right and make sure that we were putting the best program out there for the kids. Um, So. As always, just that growth focus, and I don't think I've ever had a team grow more during a season than this team did this year. I love it, that. It was, it was absolutely, um, it was amazing. You know, Barrett had this this very good team with a lot of returning wrestlers, and nobody thought a team in our district could give them a run for their money, our, our region, or our, our county, and and we gave them a run for their money. Um, we we kept close with them. Our kids got better throughout the season. We took second at districts. Um, we were fifth at regionals, just barely um, out of the trophies at regionals. And we had six individual district champions. We had Dean and Jet and Garrett and James, um, Alec and Nick all took district championships home. We had two TOC medalists. And what's kind of the cool thing about that, I mean, we knew we'd have one at least. And the fact that we... We're continuing this streak of we're a school that has 18 straight years with a district medalist, at least one. Wow. And that just, that's not that's normal. That's legit. That's like, you'll have programs so that like, do very, very well. But to have a school that like 18 years in a row is throwing down just a TOC medalist. That's. It's something very proud of. It's that end of the year thing of what did we do? How did we grow? And, and pulling that off. And Garrett um, Hicks, who was a, a two-time TOC medalist and, you know, just a fantastic wrestler, high-level wrestler mm-hmm. and, and performed very well um, at that tournament. And then Nick Castillo, a seventh grader, um, our heavyweight, who was very, very light for his weight. He was giving up like 20 pounds at his weight. Um, just at the end of the season, he just blossomed and mm. became a leader in our, our wrestling room and setting an example for people. And then sick as a dog. I look back at how sick he was, and I'm kind of wondering, did the kid have the corona? He probably did. Back then? Um, and 
and sucked it up and got through regionals. He not only got through regionals, he won the tournament. Wow. And he was not a TOC qualifier yet, so that got oh, him into wow, TOC. Cool. And then he medaled at TOC. Wow. So he just like wow. just this expansive growth at the end of the season. Put it put it all together right at the right time. Seventh grader. Wow. So awesome. he'll, he'll be back and, oh, they can and go a right leader on in our program and he's just a, an awesome kid. So um, I look at it as a very successful season cool. and because we're Good. always looking at growth and, and how do our kids get better and just and become better people too and that's they they did that that's they what were, it's all about they were awesome and uh, you know I have to thank Nelson and, and that what's his name Mike Mike yeah Mike Lee. Michael. Mike Michael Lee. He um, new assistant coach in our program and kind of picked it up pretty quickly. He's learning some techniques and and uh, and he did a good job. So, uh, um, such a fun season and just so much um, progress. And as a coach, just feed on that, you know. And and it was it was just a great season and it was just disappointing that we didn't get to celebrate it um, together as a group. Um, but. You know, the success is always there, and we'll know that that happened, and we'll keep building as a program and, and improving as we go along. So, how about BV? You guys did a couple things this year, didn't uh, you? We had a... <laughs> so, my right. first season as head coach at Bella Vista, I was the head coach at Del Campo. For Who was the f- catch bef- coach before? Mike Goldley. Not They're not related. <laughs> no. Same guy? Yeah. Same guy? So, <laughs> early in my career, uh, first four years of teaching, I was a head coach at Del Campo. And then I uh, made my way to Bella Vista and was the assistant behind Mike. I thought um, that a good move. It was, yeah, it was awesome. And then took over this year for the first time. And, um, you know, uh, there's a lot going on that as a head coach that you don't even – and I knew as a, an assistant coach, but, um, you know, you get, you get to deal with it. And it's just busy, busy, busy every day, every night, every weekend, just non stop. Um, I think every Sunday night I would spend at Alarm Golf. I still have it go off, but um, I'd spend at least two and a half to three hours updating the website every Sunday night without fail. And uh, my family knew that and everything, you know, um, that make, that reminds me, I couldn't have been successful without my wife's support, my kids' support, and that's just truly what made this successful for everything else. And um, we did have an amazing season. Uh, just some highlights of our season. Uh, during the regular season, we started off by getting third at the Vacaville Duels, which is just brutal. It's a brutal tournament, and the kids got medals. That's the best we've done there in a long time. Uh, we got seventh at the Los Angeles tournament in uh, Los Angeles, <laughs> the TOC tournament in Los Angeles. There's 100 teams there. We got a seventh-place trophy. It's pretty awesome. Before that, we, we divided our teams up between varsity and second varsity, first varsity and second varsity at a few different tournaments. Um, but we were all back together for Los Angeles. And then we went to the Corning tournament, and as a team, we got first at the Corning tournament, which was awesome. And we went to Fresno again, and we went, we got third at the first ever California State Dual Championships in Division Three, which was fantastic. It was really an honor to get that. So uh, we got a team photo, a big old trophy, and we're in the record books forever, Bella Vista Wrestling. And I thought the only reason I signed up was because of the history of BV Wrestling and the state. And when I signed 
up. The guy was like, oh, gosh, what an honor to just have a storied program like Bella Vista yeah. enter this tournament. And we ended up meddling and getting third and, and getting our picture, and we're in the books now. So it's awesome. That was really cool. That's awesome. I, I have to give you one of my, my favorite mo- memories of the whole season. I, I always come down to the Vacaville tournament because we're not quite rolling yeah. yet, and it gets me into coaching mode. Yeah. And you guys are wrestling Clovis, Clovis North and Dylan. Dylan Maples was wrestling, and this kid was just like a beast that he was wrestling. And he had Dylan on his back, and Dylan was right next to us on the side of the mat. He looked at us and started laughing and said, this (laughs) This is is really tight. tight." I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It was just like one of the best. Like, that kid's having fun. Yeah. No matter who he's wrestling, he wants to wrestle the best kids, and he's having fun right now. I think he wrestled Joey Cruz, who at that time was ranked number two in the nation. Yeah. So. (laughs) Yeah. That was awesome. Pretty tough. But he was having fun. You know, like, most people... Taking on a challenge like that, there's yeah. no fun in that to yeah. him. And to him, it was like, yeah, I want to wrestle the best kids, and this will be fun. We went uh, undefeated, back to BB Wrestling. We went undefeated in league duels uh, and won the league tournament, so we were league champions. We got second in uh, the team section duels, lost a, a really close one to um, Pittman in the finals. And we ended up getting fifth place at Masters, which ties the best that we've done. Um, I want to say... Uh, all the way back to like the 80s. We haven't done that well since the That's 80s. And Mike, Mike Lee did get fifth there. I'm not saying that said tied, tied Mike. And we also sent uh, qualified five boys to the state championships and three girls to the state championships. So we, we got eight wrestlers across, which was phenomenal. And that was with and I hate being the person that makes like excuses or oh it would have been like this or it would have been like that. But Dakota Gutierrez was a state qualifier for us his junior year and his senior year. He got hurt so bad he couldn't continue. So if you think about it, and he's just so dominant, such a phenomenal wrestler. Absolutely. We could have had him qualify. He had already qualified, and then the other person was uh, Reno Grenier, who um, beat earlier in the year. He pinned. In the weight class that he was in, two of the state qualifiers out of the, the six he had already pinned earlier in the year just dominated them, and um, he would have been a state qualifier. I mean, he was so good. He was on fire, and he got hurt at the state duels and it ended the season, unfortunately. So, um, you know, we could have potentially had two more state qualifiers. And then we also had uh, Connor Willie, who got seventh place at Masters, and we taped talk six. Right. And then Lucas Cody, who's top 12. I mean, we just had had an amazing team performance there. It was phenomenal. That's awesome. Yeah, um, you know, Dakota's been with our program forever and, and obviously wrestled for me. And to, like when I knew he was hurt at the end of the season and that part of it wasn't going to happen for him, that was really disappointing. I felt bad for him. And I know Reno, it's a, the interesting thing for me is I get to see him wrestle once a week. Once every two weeks, depending yeah. on what the schedule is, and and seeing him grow and just seeing him oh, being so intense and love it and the difference in it, it was it was amazing. So, and I had Reno in the classroom this year, and it was great just to have him in my class every single yeah, day. I love it. it. I had a ton of wrestlers in my class this year. I love it. I love having it, them as students. With both of those kids, it just shows you how difficult it. Everything's got to go right, mm-hmm. and. Anybody can get injured at any time. It's not something that you're in control of. So when you pull that going to that state meet, when you pull that off and you've avoided those injuries and you've had to push through them or recover from them or or it just – it's an amazing feat, and it can be it can be gone in just a second with anything. And, like, so. next year, I mean, who knows what's going to happen next year. 
if there's going to be a football season or a wrestling season or if we're going to be back in the classroom, who knows? Right. So just being in the moment and appreciating what we have and what we right. what we got through this last year. So um, one last thing to wrap this up. When we went to state, uh, Dylan Maples, and just so everybody knows, there's different spots to drop in the back bracket depending on where you're seated or who you face. And Dylan Maples faced the number three seated kid um, in his first match um, and lost. And then he beat the number 17, number 13 guys. Um, and then he lost to a kid from Poway who medaled. So, uh, and Dylan, because of that, finished in the top 16 at state. Wow. Uh, Tyler Maples went 2-2, two and two, top 20 in state. Carson Lee went 2-2. Two and two. He beat two guys that were ranked higher than him in state. Wrestled amazing. And he finished in the top 20 in state. Uh, Vince Oliveira. He went two and two. He his first match, he wrestled the number fourteen seated guy, um, threw him in the lat drop, pinned him, and everybody in the crowd and is right in front of all the coaches and it's just beautiful. And he went out there and uh, he lost a, another a close match. Then he he beat another kid who's ranked higher than him again. And then he lost at the, his very last match. He lost to a Clovis North kid five to three. Um, was actually winning the match and it was just a it was just a close match and Vince finished top 16 in state Brian Hinkle lost his last match in overtime, great experience for him, um, all three girls won a match, Amaya and Meadow Amaya went 1-2, and two, Meadow went 2-2, two and two, and Emily uh, was a returning medalist and was not seated totally disrespectful <laughs> yeah, no kidding and she started out by beating the number 7 seed or she won a match, then won, beat the 7 seed 15-1 and then beat the number 2 seed to make the semis, in the semis she lost a really close match, came back and then and ended up uh, getting fifth place, and which makes her a two-time state medalist for Bella Vista Wrestling, which is phenomenal. Congratulations, Emily Alderman. And Emily, just so everybody knows, she did just sign um, to wrestle with the University of the Cumberlands in Kentucky, which makes her the third Bella Vista wrestler in the last 10 years. It's a pipeline. Yeah, it's a pipeline. We got the Burke Halters and, and, and all yeah. that. Yeah. It's a pipeline. Are, that, to, are, they, are they the Patriots or something? To wrestle what there. And one last thing, uh, just so you guys know, the Sacramento Bee published this uh, a couple weeks ago, but they did their all-metro wrest- all metro wrestling team, and that's where I got the, the coach of the year, which was an honor. But on, in addition to that, uh, Dylan Maples, Carson Lee, Vince Oliveira and Brian Hinkle were all all Metro wrestlers, and that is something that you get to have for the rest of your life. I mean, it's one of the greatest honors to have yeah. in high school sports because you're you're in his, your history is one of the best this year best high school wrestler in your weight class. You know the the funny thing of the the so, social media thing now as opposed to 30 years ago, people still are talking about people that were all metro back then and who were the best running yeah. backs or wrestlers or baseball yeah. players. They still it's the they stuff they talk those about names. especially with, you know, and to sports be, going on right now. To be now. on that list, it's <laughs> I I can't even explain how big of an honor that is yeah. for each of these these wrestlers. And then on the girls side is also uh, Emily Alderman and Meadow Titus were both all metro wrestlers as well. That's awesome. Pretty amazing accomplishment. It's pretty rare for for a school to get six all metro wrestlers, yeah. you know. So there are a couple of Carnegie former Carnegie wrestlers in there. That's yeah, makes me happy. Stud. That's all you. That's all you. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not all me. It's all Nelson, actually. <laughs> all right. Season recap. Good. Season recap is over. So off to the mental side. Off to the mental side. All right. 
season rewind is over, let's head into um, to the mental side. So a little bit different than what we usually do in, in talking about um, sports performance and that, that mental edge in sports performance. We're going to talk about today is um, some coping strategies where there's there's nobody who is going through the situation we're going through right now um, that doesn't need some kind of coping skills. I think the for me as a teacher, the weirdest thing was just all of a sudden in the afternoon it being announced that we were going to close down. I mean, it, we had talked about it a little bit, that it was a possibility, but when it becomes a reality at the last second and, you know, not getting to to talk to your kids and what we're doing now is not the same and you know our seniors and our eighth graders that lost so much and and it's just all unknown we still don't know what's going to happen and we don't we don't know where it's going and it's been it's been hard on everybody at every single level every single person every single level absolutely and um and i know before we get into this i'm going to have a lot of advice and I don't want everybody to think I'm perfect. I'm right. not perfect. I was telling Coach Smith, we hung out for like an hour before we did this. We kept at least eight feet away, I think, the whole time. But um, by the way, I'm going to change something. Instead of social distancing, I like the term physical distancing. Yeah. I posted this on social media a while ago. But we need to keep up that social that social bond and those, that social fabric of life. It's so important. Absolutely. Physical dif- distancing is different. Yeah. But, what I was going to say is um, I wasn't perfect at first. It kind of took me a minute to, to figure it out and go through my own process and accept my new reality of life and be in the moment and use some mindfulness meditation techniques that we're going to go through. And then I accepted it, and I was like, okay, let's make the best. Let's control what I can control and make the best of my opportunity, have some gratitude, focus on the positive instead of the negative, and... Um, now I'm secretly don't tell anybody this. <laughs> I'm secretly loving like the the quarantine teaching from home because you know I'm home with my kids and my wife and I love it. I love it. I love it. I mean, I'm not going to say I love every single second of it, but it's hard, but I love it and I just think I was I had this little thing the other day where I was thinking about if I were an old man or a young man and I'm about to die. I'm at that my deathbed, and I reflect back on this moment where I'm locked in my house with my two young girls and my wife for two months straight. I would, at that moment, I would give anything in the world to go back to that, to have those two months back, to be have that time with my kids and my family, because the family is my family is the most important thing in the world. And when I started kind of having that premonition, it's like I love this. I love being home with my family. I do, and I'm I'm teaching at my own pace online. It's not ideal, and I love being in the classroom, but that's that's not the reality. I accept my new reality, and I love I love being home with my kids. I do. Yeah, and I I think that's. We'll get into the, the specifics about some of this too, but it's a, it is what it is. We don't yeah. have a different reality right now. Yeah. And I was, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting in. One thing I miss, like once wrestling season's over, I actually have some time, like on Fridays, to go spend some time with my colleagues and just sit and talk and have yeah. fun. And and I really miss that. That was something mm-hmm. I was like, I, that's something I look forward to once wrestling's over with is kind of connecting with them again. So I just put it out there and every every Friday at 4 o'clock we do a Zoom. That's cool. Um, people pop in and out and we talk and we have fun and we laugh and we've like told some of the funniest stories again. I love it. That's and fun. It's great but it's it's not the same but it's what we have. So, so you're keeping up the social fabric of it. Right. And, and while maintaining physical distancing. Right. Right. So That's you, good. You, you make 
what you can of it. You just have to, to do the best you can. Um, so we're going to talk about a, a lot of different strategies and some kind of aspects of being able to, to have some coping mechanisms. Both um, for the wrestlers and the parents and families and anybody else. But this is for everybody. everybody. I actually put, I do a, a little video on Monday mornings for my classes and I, I told them that, you know, we'll have this podcast out and we're going to talk about some coping mechanisms. So, you know, jump in there and listen to it and get that part out of it. Um, what I will say here is um, we are not licensed no. um, therapists. We, we do have degrees in positive psychology, and we have that background, and we want to be able to share that with people. But we do want to encourage you, like, if it's bad, if you're, you're just not coping well and that's okay because it's a really hard thing to cope with, then we'll, we'll give you some other information, some other people you can reach out to. The school counselors are there, um, but we'll, we'll talk about that, that as we go through as well. But And I love that you said it's okay because that's it's okay. so important. It's so important. It is okay. And, and one of the hardest things is to admit that you might like need some help in, in, a, in a certain area. And admit something's wrong is so hard. Right. And, um, you know, my family, we've dealt with it, and it is. And once that kind of happened, the person admitted it. We're like, everybody got on board just with love and support, and we just wanted to be there the best and get to find those resources. And there's resources out there. We're, we'll provide those uh, for you guys on, on our website. So I yeah, think that's we'll, where we're we'll doing social them. media. Yeah, yeah. And the district, our San Juan Unified School District is actually providing a lot of um, help with those services as well right, for people right. struggling with issues, and which the, is really nice. The whole goal is to be healthy, and that's that's mentally healthy, physically healthy, spiritually healthy, yeah. and whatever it takes to be at that moment, yeah. then you do it. If you were working out and trying to get stronger and in better shape, you would not avoid going to a trainer. So if you're having, you're not mentally healthy, then you shouldn't avoid going to somebody that can help you be mentally yeah. healthy. So we're going to give you some ideas here of just kind of had a, a baseline way of, of coping. Um, but by all means, if, if you feel like there's somebody else you need to talk to, please reach out to people and, and we'll, um, we'll talk about some, some sources there that you can, you yep. can lead into too. That's good stuff. So first of all, um, I want to talk a little bit about meditation and uh, Love it. just how valuable, um, that aspect of your life can be if you can just set a little bit of time aside each day to, to meditate. And the, the ultimate goal really is to do 20 minutes. That's something you want to build up to. Yeah. Um, and really the key is people hear, oh, you got to meditate for 20 minutes. That's too much. I don't have 20 minutes of my day to do that. Well, you do if you break it up. Right? Sure. Like, I, I try to do 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the afternoon, and I like that breaking it up because it starts off my day um, and kind of gets my mind settled. And at the end of the day, it kind of slows all the thoughts down um, so I can, I can be home and really be at home and not have all the rest of the day turning through my mind when there's nothing I can do about it till tomorrow anyway, right? So the, the goal really is to do 20 minutes a day, but it doesn't have to be um, all at the same time. And we'll talk about a little bit later some, some apps that you can access to, to get some meditation done that's a little more guided and easier to do. But for the purpose of what we're doing here and knowing what the benefits of that, that practice of meditation are for students, um, one, meditation is proved to improve your focus and your academic performance. Mm -hmm. And... <laughs> 
I feel bad for you students that you've been yeah. thrown. You have worked with teachers all year long and got their thing down and what you need to do, and it's become um, something that's just a normal part of your day, and now we've thrown you aloof, and we're doing things differently. So we can use meditation to improve our, our focus yeah. and our academic performance. Mm-hmm. Um, then why not use that? That's just another tool. And let, let me say this about um, the academic performance thing. I think it's really easy right now as students just say, I don't care. You know, it's we're done. It's credit, no credit. It's pass, fail, whatever the case may be. But I think what you really have to look at it is personally, I'm going to perform at my best no matter what the situation yeah, is. And I love it's about it. learning it's a challenge. and my effort. And if I can focus on I'm going to give the best effort I can in this situation, I'm going to learn as much as I can from this situation, then you'll be okay. And, and you got to take advantage of the learning opportunity no matter how it's, it's changed or what we're trying to but do. But, you know, if you're faced with, with this setback, right, right. Um, and you face it head on and you thrive despite this non-idealistic situation for learning and teaching and you say, and you accept this situation and despite everything else you're like I'm going to give my best effort okay that to me that's thriving I'll right. give my best effort all thriving you know the grades will take care of itself the le- everything else will take care of itself just like in sport right but um that's that's where the mindset that we want to have and even like the growth mindset even if I don't get it right yet I will eventually. I'll keep on getting better and better and better. Instead right. of caring about what you look like on the, or the grades or anything else, it's just give your best effort and the best will happen. And you won't re- ever regret working hard or putting forth your best effort. You won't. No one will. No. I, I went on a run today. Ever. <laughs> yeah, I went on a run today, and I wanted to quit so bad, and I refused. And I went through all these little mental tricks in my head to tell myself that I could finish. And I did finish. And afterwards, I was like, so proud of myself. I said, good job, self. Right. And good but, job. But it and, goes to... And I don't, I don't... My point is, I don't regret that. I don't right. regret working hard today. Like, I'm happy now. And, and it goes to the idea of... So, to get my best effort, to get my best performance, what are other tools I can use? And yes. Meditation's another one of those things to improve Meditation our performance. Meditation is a fantastic... Right. One of my favorite things. Athletic performance, academic performance. And... I, I started my own meditation practice out of our study in our in our master's program, and me it, too. It abs- it's easy to say a lot of things are life changing. I will absolutely say um, that practice that I put into place on a daily basis has been life changing in the way I've been able to perform as a coach, as a teacher, um, as a brother, as. Uh, a relative to other people, to my friends, to you know my close relationships. It's just made a world of difference. Um, another one is, and this has been a huge one for me, is giving you the ability to be more patient mm. and have a calmer personality. Mm. And I think it's just because the idea of, well, I know it's because, I don't think it's because, research proves it, that it just slows you down just that split second to where when you react to things, it's not immediate. It's that little pause in in the event and what your reaction is yeah. going to be. And because your mind is, is clearer from the meditation and just slowed down that split sure. second, you're more patient and you're calmer in your reaction to other people instead of just kind of, you know, jumping to conclusions too soon a or lot, jumping to your argument too soon. A lot of times when I meditate, I kind of go throughout my day about what I'm going to go through, what I'm going to experience and kind of prep for the highs and the lows or whatever. So when I do face 
that situation that might make me have this emotional reaction. It's almost like I'm prepared for it almost already. And so I'm not emotionally reacting to things and we don't want to react emotionally to anything. Right. right? We want to stay focused. So you're right. I love that. That's true. I didn't think about that. But I think also what you're saying is an important part of meditation is people think that they're not successful in meditation if there's a time when they can't stop thinking while they're doing it. That's not the point. Not at all. Um, There are times when it's going to be harder than others, but it's the idea of training your mind to get back in the moment. Yeah. What am I focused on? I'm supposed to be focused on my breath right now. Yeah. I breathe in calm. Not all the other things. That's what I do. Bring yourself back. Yeah. And that's where you're patient when you get in that moment and you want to react and you have that split second where you go, get back to what you're supposed Mm -hmm. to be focused on, and then you have a better reaction. You're calmer. You're patient. Um, So it's one of those benefits that you get to. Love it. Obviously that we know it reduces stress and anxiety. Oh, yeah, big time. And really when we look at that and we're talking about the, the, the bigger things that we need to reach out for help, that meditation and reducing that stress and anxiety it also reduces the the, um, the cases of depression. Mm-hmm. We can help fight off depression mm-hmm. through through meditation and reducing that stress and anxiety. And then one thing that I love, and I think it's very true, because again, that, I just think it's all about that pause and that slowing it down just that split second is that you become more creative and more innovative. I think you're. When you can slow it down, not just say that's the solution right away, that you've got to come up with a thought right away to solve the problem. Sure, totally. You slow I agree. Down for a second and go, well, this could be a solution, and this, a one, great and this point. one, and other things that nobody else thinks of. Um, one of the things I, I think is great, and it's going to kind of segue into what you're going to talk about next, is, and I, I started my classes doing it and in my homeroom classes and doing mindfulness and meditation in the morning. Um, I mean, I did, I did mindfulness. Coloring. Oh. And get some colored pencils, download some pages of, of mindful coloring, and just sit and start coloring. You will find all of a sudden your mind is totally off of everything you were doing because you're thinking of the colors you want to put down. You're thinking of just getting this thing perfectly and not getting outside the lines. Just think of it as like you know, the Chili's placemat that they give to the kids for adults. And <laughs> it's, it's just that, that relaxing thing. and. It seems like it's nothing, but it's really a great kind of calming, get your mind off of everything else because you're just in a a moment of doing some coloring. But um, it kind of goes, mindfulness and meditation go together. They're not two separate things. They're they're They're, they're the same thing. They go hand in hand and work together um, and blend together as well. So, um, so Garrett, why don't you talk a little bit about um, mindfulness and that idea of staying in the moment. So just staying in the moment. So just a reminder to people that um, mindfulness is when we focus focus on purpose on the present moment without judgment. So we're intentionally focusing on the present moment without judgment. We don't judge we don't judge it. It's not good, it's not bad. It's just there. Okay? So um, for me, I like to use my senses and from a lot of the training that I've had, but I uh, use my senses, some meditation techniques like I like to breathe in through my nose for six seconds for one inhale and then breathe out my mouth for six seconds for one exhale. Um, and I do that three times. I repeat that three times. Listen to my sounds. Um, I start feeling how my body feels, how my feet feel against the floor or on my shoe, how my my uh, pants or shorts feel against my leg, how my butt feels on the chair my body feels against my shirt and I go and I just really focus specifically and intentionally on all of those feels 
And I go through all of those senses through my head, and I go from my feet all the way to my head. And then when I get through that, um, I start trying to ground myself, right? So when I ground myself, um, I focus on five things that I can see. And if I focus on something I can see, um, a lot of times I focus on it. If If I'm reading a word, I'll read it backwards. So... Whatever the word is, pod, I look at it, D-O-P, right, specifically. And then, um, and when I focus on stuff as well that I can see, I focus on the shapes. It's like, wow, that's interesting. That's a really sharp, straight line with a sharp corner on that cabinet over there. Um, And then I feel five things I can hear. Okay, sorry, I focus on five things I can hear. And then... So five different sounds you can hear right now. You can all hear five different sounds. And then five things I can touch in my body. And then you do four, 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 three, three, three. Usually most people don't get all the way down. But um, if they do, that's advanced. But by the time you get down to like three or two, it's like you're there. You're in the moment. And you're focusing on that moment without judgment. Okay? I got to throw this in there really quick because it's something that I use while I'm coaching. Oh. Um, And and. Throughout my day, but more when I'm coaching, and I actually talk about it when I do the Positive Coaching Alliance workshops, is like have some kind of coping skill in that moment where you're getting angry or the bad yeah. call or huh. the kid that messed up. And mine is uh, what we trained call, response. Yeah, we call it a three by three. And oh, it, it's not a burger in and out. Although that would make me calm down <laughs> as well. Um, it is this idea of you pick and you do this three times. Pick an object. That's the door. Yeah. Take a deep breath. Yeah. That's the score clock. Take a deep breath. That's a wrestling shoe. Take a deep breath. And by the time you go through that, one, you've calmed that adrenaline down. Oh, big you got your time. heart rate down, you're breathing down, and you're refocused on thinking about the situation. So yes. that, like we talked about earlier, that just like going off and reacting right away. Yeah. You've taken that moment. That takes yep. no time at all, and it, it refocuses you, and it, it kind of helps you cope with that situation. I love it. But you, you brought that to my mind as you were talking about that. So when I do, when I start getting into mindfulness, and by, mindfulness can go any direction. I mean, and sometimes it's intentional. Sometimes it just happens. And for example, I love fishing. I love stream fishing, and you know, and it's I've realized over the years it's not just about like getting that one little like trout fish or those four little trout fish and eating them. It's not all about that. It's, it's I oh, hike down. Too. Oh, I love it. I love it. Trust <laughs> me. But like. I hike down this super like hardcore trail. We sneak up to the to the fishing hole and I grab my little worm and I set it on my hook as perfectly as possible. I'm as quiet as possible. I'm casting into the stream exactly intentionally where I want it to go and I'm focusing intentionally on the, on all the sounds and the feels and I'm letting it drift nat- naturally as it goes through and I'm waiting for my feel and everything has to be natural or else the, the fish get spooked where we go and it's it's over. You have to go to the next hole, right? And learn and try and do it again. But And then what happens is I do that for a whole entire morning or afternoon and I forget about my life. I do. It's almost like you get a flow a little bit, right? And I Absolutely. That is flow. That's yeah. what it is. Time stands still. You're in yeah. a moment. Absolutely. That's yeah. totally flow. And there's nothing better, right? You just forget no. about your life. You know what I mean? For a while. That's, that's my thing with cycling. It's yeah. as much as it gets me in shape and makes me physically better, it's mental for me. It's oh. like being on a bike with headphones in 
by yourself, yeah. riding for an hour, two yeah. hours, three hours. You just get lost in that moment. And you hit that flow. It's like, wait, what, where did I just ride? What did I just do? And so what I'm tying this all down to is dealing with stress. And a lot of those things help us deal with stress and anxiety and, and sometimes depression. Um, and so asking ourselves, how are we dealing with stress? And um, one thing I get hit through here with the mindfulness stuff is, is that we have to be able to tolerate all emotions. Don't ignore them. Mindfulness is accepting everything that's going on. It doesn't mean it's acceptable. Okay? Like, if something bad in your life is going on, you accept it. But it doesn't mean that that situation is acceptable. Okay? We accept our reality. We accept our actions and we're present. And then what we do is we choose a valued direction and then we take action. Um, one small example, the way I do this with your wrestlers is if they get taken down in the match... Okay, they accept that they got taken down. Instead of getting all mad that they got taken down, they accept it. This is my new real reality. So what's next? Yeah, so what's next? Okay, choose a valued direction and then take action. Okay. Um, other thing, other things that mindfulness will do, and if you start incorporating this into your mindfulness, like um, what happens is to have self-compassion and have grace for yourself. So you just kind of take that moment to, and it's along with meditation, just to focus on the moment intentionally without judgment and have compassion for yourself. It's okay if everything is not perfect. All right. Um, like I said earlier, right now with COVID, I did start doing this and I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm not acting in the way that I want to act. And I <laughs> accepted it. And then I, I kind of chose a value direction and I took action and I'm getting way better at it. And you can talk to my wife right now. It's like all of us, the whole family, we're just kind of like in like thriving right now. I want to say thriving, but we're going towards thriving right the now. the best of, of yeah. the moment. Yeah. And you know what? That's all you can do. I kind of... You know, I did the same thing at the beginning. You and I talked about this the yeah. other day when we were FaceTiming. Again, keeping the social part of it alive. But I, when this started, I got about three or four days into it and said, you got to make the best of this. You got to have a routine. You got to yes. get up. You got to yep. get ready to go. I love it. What are you doing for the day? Yep. And like the going fishing or the going riding, we can still do those things. Yeah. You don't have to stay in the four walls. Yeah. Yes, we have to take precautions when we do things. I have my my buff that I pull over my face if I'm going by people and I'm riding, but I can still go do that. I've decided to, I've got time on my hands. I can go ride my bike. I can get into better shape. I can lose some weight. So make the best of the situation. You're in that moment, as you're saying, as far as being mindful. So what's yeah. my moment? What can I do to make the right best of now. this moment now? Right now. I can what? set up a connection with my friends on Zoom. Yep. I can go fishing. I can yep. go ride my bike. I can yep. get up in the morning and do some sit-ups or yep. some push-ups. Or The gym's not open, so so what? And controlling the controllable, right? So right. so. I did I did this a lot last last year with coaching. I had so much going on over my head 24 hours a day nonstop. It's just overwhelming at times and a lot of times I would use mindfulness to stop, slow down, breathe, focus on the moment and I would literally tell myself, "What can I do about this right now?" And there's certain things, okay, right now I can send an email to this company for the orders or I could send an email to the coach or I could call this kid. That's what I can do and I would do it. 
other things, like I can't deal with that until like two days from now when I, whatever reasons, or I can't deal with this until then. So it it's like, okay, the so lot. then it gets put in the parking lot. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'll deal with it then. And just made me a lot more like um, be able to process and get through my days, you know, instead of feeling this like stress of life, this burden that everything was going on. So um, back to, to mindfulness, I just have a couple more things. Um, if you feel that you have fear about things, that I just want everybody to know fear demands to be felt. Don't ignore your fear. Um, that's just going to make it worse. So feel those feel those feels. My wife always tells me how she loves to feel the feels, right? Anxiety, stress, depression. She doesn't love it, trust me. But like Love, happiness, the other yeah, side of it too. Yeah, too, exactly. It's like you feel the feels and you ride through them and, and you accept them, right? But she said feel the feels, right? So you just ride, you accept it. And this gets right into what I'm saying next is your body... Take note into how you are physically feeling because your body will give you signs. Your stomach, insomnia, anxiety, etc. Okay? Have self-compassion. Your brain is trying to keep you alive. And when you use mindfulness to feel your feels, um, I recommend, and this is some a lot of training I've learned, is to respond with, Wow, that's interesting that my body, my brain is putting my stomach into knots right now, right, during the situation. I wonder why. Like, that's really interesting. Instead of avoiding it or saying this sucks or just whatever or trying to cope with it by taking 100 shots of vodka or something, you know, um, just feel those feels in a non-judgmental way. But just say that's interesting. My body, my brain is doing that. Okay, I personally, you guys, I get a lot of anxiety, and I have to give myself permission to feel and to think about my thoughts. Like it's okay, um, and all the studies show that avoidance fuels anxiety. So if you avoid all that stuff, it fuels more anxiety. But if you accept it and you you basically just say like that's interesting, my brain's doing that. What's going on? Okay, and then you start pinpointing down the specific things that are giving you anxiety, um, giving you stress. Right, and it's not an end all cure. But it does help you cope with it on a daily basis. I, I think a, a key point that you're you're mentioning there, and, and Shelby nails it, is there your bot your brain is protecting you yeah. when you have emotions. They're they're a yeah. chemical reaction. It's yeah. your brain sending sending out chemicals. It's yeah. there to protect you. So you gotta separate from that. Accept that it's happening and then evaluate why is this happening? Yeah. And how do like, I and how, how interesting it is our brain is so powerful that it does that. Right. It's telling us something. And it, it goes back yeah. to that pause, just take a second and separate from it and say, This is just my brain giving out chemicals to either protect me or make my life better. Yeah. You know, whether it's that fear or that love, whatever it is. So how do I react to that? What's the best way to react to that in the moment? That's not overreactive or or um or dangerous to me yeah destructive I agree. to me in a way you do this she like she nails agree. it that's exactly what it's all about i agree and my last thing here is a lot of mindfulness can help with um with dealing with a trauma and honestly you guys like a lot of people are going through a trauma right now and that's okay all of us are at yeah. some level. Yeah. It's all, we, we're blessed. We have jobs where we're still getting paid. Yeah. And that's a blessing. Yeah. Um, Shelby's best friend lost lost her job. Right. Your sister lost her job, right? And, and got another one in like three days. Yeah. So that's, but the point is that 
even though we're still getting paid, there are other traumas here. You have your children at home that their lives have been turned my, over. My first year old, my first grader, sorry, first year old, first grader, <laughs> she's devastated that she cannot go to school. Right. She loves school. She loves her friends. She loves her teachers. And that's like very traumatic for her. Right. Right. And, um, so it's kind of getting into trauma and we can maybe do a future one about like post traumatic like yeah. stuff. But, um, if you, once you start like dealing with a trauma, especially afterwards, like, and you have an emotion, you want to really sit with it and actually name that emotion, give it a name. And you'll get that evaluation process. Exactly. Right? And you'll get power over that emotion. Right. And um, you'll think, like, I never wanted to have a front row to quarantine. <laughs> right? I didn't. It's and you free. didn't even know that. You got a free ticket, buddy. I know. <laughs> like, you didn't even know that. But you, none of us wanted a front row to quarantine right now. But you know what? We're here and we're in it. And we're going to get through this, okay? And we'll be a better version of ourselves, potentially, right? Because we will get through us. But that's up to us. That's up to us, that's right? How, how and do I think, honestly, I think, I think, honestly, like most people, we, we get through this however. It doesn't have to be perfect or thriving or anything, but we get through this. Um, when we face more adversity in the future, it's like, oh, do whatever. You've been through, you know, right. like stuff way worse than this. But, um, and you'll know how to respond. So, and then I know I already said last thing, but you're uh, you're bringing a, a book recommendation up, Viktor Frankl. Yeah, you got yeah. to read Viktor Frankl because yeah. this is it's bad, but it's it's not that. No, exactly, <laughs> right? exactly. It's how we react to the situation that matters, not the situation. And one last thing I'm doing for myself and my family is just having gratitude. We're writing about we're every night we have gratitude, what we're grateful for, and it's it's beautiful to see my little girls telling me what they they're grateful for. And I mean, almost puts tears in my eyes sometimes. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how lucky we are. Like, life is awesome. Like, life is so good yeah. to focus on what we we do have because it could be worse. Right. And I'm not afraid of it being worse. And if it does, you know what? Like, we're making the best of this now. So the next thing comes. I'll make the best of that. But you know what? Like we do focus on the things that we we have and we control. And it is nice that we're all together. And it's nice we have food and we have a shelter and we have safety. And I can go to the store still and I can still work and I have health insurance. And, I mean, there's a lot of things. And I'm not trying to brag to people who are not dealing with that. I'm not trying to be, you know, non-empathetic at all. Just like there's there's things we can have gratitude for throughout all this. It, it, it doesn't have to be big things. It's no. I'll, you know, I talked about the Zoom thing with, with my colleagues and having looking forward to being with them. And um, uh, Manny Barajas, who's a, he's a math teacher next door to me. We have a door in between our rooms. He's, he's back in Mexico with his wife and his family and, and still teaching from there. And we were doing our Zoom last week, and he's given us the tour of where he lives. And he took us up to the rooftop of his house, and it's just like these beautiful mountains all around and just being grateful for, I would have never oh. ever seen that yeah, part of the world true. without having yeah, that's awesome. my friends together on, on that's Zoom. Awesome. So be grateful that you have a friend that, that showed you that. Be that's grateful awesome. that you got more time to spend with your daughters. Be grateful that you can get out on your bike on a bike trail that's one of the best bike trails in the world. And uh, one of my kids the other day said they're grateful for Wi-Fi. And I agree. Like, seriously. Like, right. 
That helps. Right. That helps. Wi-Fi helps. Absolutely. And I'm not saying freaking don't watch shows. Like, Wi-Fi helps, man. Right. So. I, I'm grateful for Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah. And I'm watching what they went through. Are you going to get into the uh, cognitive behavioral well, skills? Let me give you it, um, some apps that they can use oh, yeah, for, for the meditation. mindfulness stuff. Um, a, a couple that are... N- they're free to start out, but there are upgrades to them. Would be um, Insight Timer, Stop, Breathe, Think, 10% Happier, Calm, which is very popular right now with people. Uh, and then those of you that have Apple Watches, just breathe on your Apple Watch just to take that moment to do that. Um, some, want, some that are free, totally, Smiling Mind and um, UCLA Mindful. Um, you mentioned Headspace as we were talking about. I love Headspace. Earlier. I've used that for a long time. And I didn't even have this on my list at first, which is really dumb because it's what I use. Yeah. And it, it's I think it's $10 a month as I've used it. But I found this app when we were doing our master's program and, and talking about meditation yeah. in our positive psychology class. Um in doing research, and it's it's an app that the Seattle Seahawks use, the 49ers yep. use, um, several pro teams use it, but it's called Vision Pursue. Mm-hmm. And from the time we had that class up until this day and, and beyond, I still use that. Their that Vision app. Pursuit is that, legit. Right, and it's it's my, my meditation in the morning, and there are other messages that are about mindfulness and journaling, and it's a whole process, but um, it's absolutely a fantastic app and I recommend it all over the place all the time to all kinds Love of people. It. I actually threw it out there on Twitter to somebody who was looking for something and the Vision Pursue people who I don't follow threw in a reply, thank you for giving us a shout out. Cool. So they're, they're just good people. That's and, cool. And they um, work with you know, everybody. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really, really good stuff. All right. So we are on to um, cognitive behavior skills. And we're talking about reframing, really. Um, so I'm going to give you kind of five ways that we get into kind of some negative thoughts and, and how to reframe that. So the first one would be um, this thing of stewing, that we just dwell on thoughts and, and can't let them go. And they tend to be the negative thoughts that we dwell upon. So the idea of reframing that is, is get back to those positive thoughts. When those negative ones get intrusive, get back to those positive thoughts about what's good in your life. And, and Garrett mentioned this earlier, um, the idea of talking about gratitude. And I love um, his mention of talking about that with the family at night. And another way you can do that is just have a gratitude journal. Just have a little notebook by the side of the bed, and at night you write down one, two, three things that you are grateful for in that day and in your life. And it just it puts you to bed in that better mood and, and realizing that there are some good things that we can deal with. Um, the next one is this idea of, of magnifying that we, we draw conclusions that are not justified on limited information. And I really feel like that's really where we are now. We're making a lot of judgments and decisions based on, I don't know if it's a limited information, but it's information that is changing every single day. And it's different every day because we're in a, in a new world. So it's, it's fluid. It's fluid. Right. It's, every it's, day it's fluid. And and that's when you really get into your brain about like following your thoughts, right? right? It's right. like, and your thoughts aren't real. And we turn a mountain, a molehill into a mountain, yeah. right? Make yeah. a mountain out of a molehill. And it, when we do that, we're not focusing on the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. So some things that we can do is like set some goals, you know, like 
my goal is I'm going to get back on my training plan on my bike. I don't have a ride out there in the future. Those aren't happening. But if I can put that goal in, I'm just going to get in better shape, lose some weight. That's something getting me out of those negative situations and those negative thoughts. And I think that one of the ideas is we're all going to make mistakes through this situation and just like you said, be forgiving of yourself. Yeah. Take it easy. Have some grace. Um, it's okay to make mistakes. Um, it's your reaction that matters when we make mistakes. Uh, I know in, in talking to teachers, we're having a hard time getting students working right now. And I get it. Uh, but I think we need to look at like, I didn't do the work last week. So how do I fix that mistake? If I can't make it up, how can I do better this week? Right. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Tell yourself you made a mistake. Get past that, and then and then react to it in a positive manner, and make some positive changes. Uh, the other idea is this all-or-nothing thinking, whether it's black or white, we're either successful or we're a failure. And when we live in that world and have those thoughts, uh, we can never live up to that. We can never be perfect and always be successful. So. You reframe that in, in the way of going to a growth mindset, right? It's not about being perfect. It's about being better. Mm -hmm. I want to be better today than I was yesterday. Maybe I don't pull that off. Maybe I do. But my goal is that I'm going to try to become a better person. Um, I'm going to have progress. I'm going to have growth. And I'm going to have learning in my life instead of just saying, well, I messed up, so I'm a failure, right? Well, I, I got an A on this one, so I'm a success. Well, you're a success as soon as you got that A. That was one of the things out of the, the Michael Jordan documentary yep. of Phil Jackson. You're a success when you're in that successful moment, and then you're not. So if we're always thinking black and white, we have that one moment, and then we're not. So we need to focus on our success's growth because we can be more successful in those moments if we're just focusing on some growth. Um, another one is we call fortune telling, that we're trying to say that we can predict the outcome before it happens. Right? We can't, especially now. We have no idea what's going to happen. As teachers, we've oh. been thrown out there. We're going back to school in July. We're not going back to school. We're going to go back to school with half our kids two days and half our kids the other days, and we're going to have to be six feet apart. We're going to have to... We have no idea what's going to happen. We don't have any control over that. We, we can't, can't predict the future. We cannot predict that future. I couldn't have predicted this at all. No. And and uh, if they want to go back to school in July, I'm down because I guess they have to pay us if they do an extra month. So let's go. Right. But, but, <laughs> that's me being greedy, though. But no, here's what I will say about that because the reframe is focus on po what could be the positive outcomes. Yeah. Because we focus on what could be the positive outcomes, yeah. then our reaction, our actions are are directed towards those positive outcomes instead of the negative ones. I had a re I had a reframe today, Coach Smith. I I think I told you this about earlier, but um, kind of a reframe. But like I avoided a a, a first thought in order to have a reframe but I, I went on my run today and at the end I was just I felt like I was about to die and you know your brain believes your thoughts and so my, basically I'm like oh I'm dead I'm gonna die I'm gonna have a heart attack and I was like oh brain you're wrong you don't know what you're talking about and I got to this point where instead of saying I am weak right because if I say I am weak I'm at towards the end of my run out about a quarter mile left I am weak like your brain accepts that as a fact 
So I would have just quit. Like, I am weak. So instead of saying that, I told myself, I was like, oh, I'm just feeling weak. I'm feeling tired. Okay, I'm feeling dead. It's like I'm going to die. I see it. Your brain turns that in, and it turns it into a challenge. So instead of saying, I am weak, I say, I feel weak. Or instead of, I'm tired and dead, like, I feel tired and dead. And your brain goes from a fact to a challenge. And that moment, for me, it was a challenge. Like, all right, I just feel a little weak. Let's go. Let's see if I can finish this, right? right? And I can. And it's just the small little things. And your brain believes those thoughts. That's reality within your brain. It goes back to, though, looking at how am I feeling right now and how do I, how do I adjust that and evaluate that and make the best of it. Yeah. And I do the same thing but in a different way. I segment. Me too. Oh, that's what I did. I, I if I was going to finish, I was like, oh, I got to get to this tree. Uh, then I'll get to that tree. Then I'll get to that start of the hill. And then I'll have it's a hill. Right. <laughs> all, all of my rides end at Pennsylvania. The hill that the cross, mm-hmm. BB's mm-hmm. cross-country team and a lot of other ones run. That's the finish of your ride beside wow. your, your little cool-down. But I break it out. There's like one, there's where I drop down into the lowest gear sure. and I get up that, and then it plateaus a little bit. Then you got yeah. another little climb. Then I got to turn the corner, and then I got the big climb, right? But like the big climb, that's the last part I know. I can segment this your last part. Once you're done with this, you're done. That's it. You get to coast back down the hill, get the air through you. And I know exactly how many pedals it takes me to get up that hill. I love that. It's 40 strokes. I love and I that. I count them off to 10. And I'm segmenting that down into to segments of 10 to get through it. So I'm not thinking about the bad part of it. I'm thinking of, like, you only have 40 yeah. more pedals to go. I love that. 30 more pedals That's to go. That's good stuff. So it's you're right. It's all reframing. How do I look at my situation and reevaluate it? So the last one is, is this idea of thinking in, in personalization that everything is um, about you, I guess, like... Why is this ruining my world? Why is this ruining my events? I did something to make this person upset. Well, maybe you didn't do something. Maybe that person's just upset, and you just happen to be there. And we just happen to be living in a time of a pandemic, and it sucks. But we didn't cause it, and it's not all about us, and everybody's going through the same thing. So how do we make it about everybody and find a way to make it a positive and help other people out? Yeah, reframe that. One of the local restaurants, I just love this when I saw it. Obviously, restaurants are struggling right yeah. now. It's they're making the best of a very bad they're just trying yeah. to survive. They're not making money, they're trying to stay afloat. Mm-hmm. And this restaurant, I went online to look at their menu to order something, and they had added on there, and this is not about them at all. They made it about other people. That you can buy a pizza. And they'll go deliver it to one of the healthcare places. I they love that. Pizzas to Kaiser, so they didn't make it about oh, this is horrible. This like yeah, we're like, failing. Let's, let's we're, turn this into this positive. This is horrible for us. It's like you know what? Let's figure out a way to make it all better for us. One, but make it about other people too, not just personal. Yeah, I didn't even think about it, but what I said earlier is like I'm secretly loving this because I'm home with my kids. Instead of focusing on the negative, it's like dude, I love being home with my kids. Right. I do. I love it because we hate yeah. being off campus. You and yeah. I both. I love. I love. The kids, kids I know. I holding do. them accountable and pushing them oh, to things that it. they. But that's not our situation right now. So yeah. we make Making the best, the best of, it of what we have now and yeah. what we can do to make ourselves healthier and our families healthier and 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 make you know. <laughs> you talk about wrestling season and as far as our personal connections and our families, we give up a lot. Yeah, I have not been to one of my niece's birthday parties ever. Because both of them fall right in wrestling season, and it's hard. But 
they understand that we're doing what we do because we love it, mm-hmm. but now we get a chance to pay it back, mm-hmm. right, or even pay it forward. So, mm-hmm. so take it, reframe the situation, and, and take it on as like I get a chance to to give something back to other people that help me out. I get a chance to be healthier and take care of myself, um, and I get a chance to to look at my teaching situation or my my academic situation as a student and grow out of it. I, I survived I it. I adapted. I still learned. I still gave my best effort. Um, I just reframed my situation and, and made it a little bit better. I love right. it. Coach so, Lane, we've talked a lot about our brains and our, our mental so, stuff and our emotions. So I'll just go, talk about physical stuff. Yeah. I'm going to go pretty fast here okay so some physical stuff uh coach smith and i were actually planning out some workouts we're going to post on social media so uh we're not going to do them right we're gonna no we're doing them <laughs> we are no well, but, as far as they know we're... um so pay attention to that on on social media that you guys will have access to some recommended workouts um but here's where this all begins for me this is where it all starts before you go to bed at night and this is for kids, parents, everybody, okay? I do this. I do this most nights. Before, before you go to bed at night, make a list of the things that you want to accomplish the next day. This will help fight insomnia, trust me, because all during the wrestling season, I just felt overwhelmed before I learned this skill about everything. And I'd wake up and I just couldn't sleep. I'd be awake hours and hours and hours every single night for weeks and just didn't sleep. And once I figured out that if I wrote down my tasks for the next day before I went to bed, um, if I woke up at night, it's like I there's this reassuring, like, oh, I already know what I'm going to do. So... Write down a, a list of, of tasks that you want to accomplish the next day before you go to bed. And the next day, you can check this down. Like I said, I do this. When you get up in the morning, get dressed. Make your bed, eat breakfast, and look at your checklist. And go go at your own pace. I mean, we're on such a mellow time through quarantine right now. There's not, like, a time schedule. So just kind of go at your own pace. I like to... I like to get up and drink coffee and read the newspaper. I still get the newspaper. I'm old. but um, And I play with my kids, and Lucy's going through school and everything, and just kind of I get my morning started a little bit. Uh, some other suggestions is you can go on a walk by yourself or go on family walks. Family walks are one of the best things that you can do. And when you go on family walks, uh, I recommend to tell everybody to leave their phones at home because what you do is you start savoring and one of my favorite things to do and this is a total mindfulness trick but it's this thing called savoring and you can google this savoring through mindfulness but you savor the beauty in things so you walk by and we'll my whole family will notice the beauty in a flower or the landscaping of something or or the clouds or whatever it might be in that night or that evening and um, doing those family walks are just priceless um, well, I reckon- Co- Coach Lane, I'm sorry to yeah, go. it's a perfect place to throw it in I mentioned um, Vision Pursue and yes. they have some, some guided um, meditations which are easy ones to do but they do walking meditations yeah. where you're savoring that I've moment done, just I've like, done that yeah, and they, I love the um, um, eating I love eating meditation. So when you eat, basically what that comes down to. It comes back to the idea of saving that you were talking about. We do this. Actually, we do this with my kids. I didn't plan on talking about this, but this is. uh, So when you have dinner with your family, sit at the dinner table. We sit at the the dinner table every night. And um, 
we don't do this every night, but we will, like, maybe once every couple of weeks. You predict, like, we have broccoli. Where did that broccoli come from? Okay. How was it grown? How did it get from where it was grown to the plate? Right? Someone picked it, cut it off. They put it in a, you know, and all that. We go through that whole process about how it got from the farm to our plate. Right? And then we predict how it's going to taste, what the texture is going to be like. Okay? Um, every, I mean, we go through all of that. And then what we do is everybody at the same time, we take a bite of that broccoli at the exact same time. And then we talk about what we're tasting, what we're feeling, the textures. And so you're slowing down on eating. You're communicating with your family. You're, you're valuing farmers and the, the, the amount of production that goes into bringing that piece of broccoli from the farm to the grocery store to your table and just having gratitude and appreciation for food, right? And um, and it really makes you slow down and kind of be in the moment. It's a mindfulness thing, right? right. Like, you and slow down. Exactly and what you're pointing out, too. Just I, I see it in my voice right now. I just, like, I like a, relax. That's a higher level thing with the meal, but the yeah. whole... Just the meal itself, and when we talk about looking at the situation, what are some positives out of it? Yeah. How much more are we sitting down and eating with our families? Oh. How much are we oh, just... I love it. Instead of sitting down in front of the TV and wolfing something down that yeah. works, like actually sitting down at a table and, yeah. and enjoying a meal. Or, you know, I have, a, I have a buddy, he's a teacher at BV, and he has four kids, and he always told me, like, he's going from one sport to one practice to this, and he's stopping at McDonald's real quick, and he's just... <laughs> and he's just shoving down McDonald's real quick because he has 10 minutes to get to the next practice or the sporting event. And now we're all home and sitting together and enjoying each other. And I love it. And um, that's how I was raised, and that's how I'm raising my kids. And But it's, ni- it's, it's nice. So I, it, Just to throw one thing in there and let you finish up, I, I have a balcony that... I love it out there. I have a little table, these great chairs. Um, I can actually sit on my balcony and watch TV if I want to. Yeah. But just having the time to take advantage of that, like in the morning, go out oh. there, get on the computer, oh. start looking at emails that kids are oh, sending or putting awesome. on assignments. That's and awesome. Or doing my Zoom meetings out there. I do my recordings awesome. either out in front of a head. But just taking advantage of some different situations and savoring those things that we actually have time for now. I can go off on all these. All right. Ready? So, walks. Reconnect with some family members or call a friend. Like, And I can't tell you how much they will value that. It's hard. Our society nowadays, like, we're afraid to call people. But I cannot tell you how much it means to me when I see a phone call from someone and I answer it. And I'm a... Sometimes I ignore it, and then, like, they call me again. I'm like, ah, oh, okay, I have to answer it. <laughs> and, um, and we just connect. And it's just, I would never regret ever talking to, like, a friend or a family member once it's over with. I never regret it. Like, the anxiety beforehand is tough, but um, I never regret it. And it just makes me feel, and if you're the one that's calling other people, like, it means a lot to them. Like, it means a lot to me. I've had my, some cousins call me and some friends call me just to check up on me. Um, I've been calling uh, Ralphie Lee to yeah. check on her and yeah. my uncle and a few other people and um, getting groceries for my parents and stuff. But um, it means a lot to those people that you're calling and checking in on. And it could really do something nice for you. And on top of that... But, well, let, let me throw that out there. Like, yeah. 
a couple weeks ago, you'd sent me a text saying, just checking up on you, seeing how you're doing. Because, you know, I'm, I'm by myself. Oh, I did that to you? Yeah. Oh, and you must be hella old. I am. <laughs> but it, it does. It, it's a joke. Even if you're not alone, just like, like people checking up on you and seeing how you're doing. It's, it's... Well, I love you, Coach Smith. It's important. It's you... You're close to people for a reason, right? You form mm-hmm. relations, pe- relationships with people for a reason. So... Foster those relationships. You know, make the best of them. There are people that take care of you. There are people that are there for you when you need them. And now's the time to take care of each other. And we have time to do it. <laughs> I will say this though: usually, if uh, someone tells you that they love you, oh, well, you I should love, tell I them. I love you too, but I was oh, trying to finish not my seem, thought. Not seems awkward. You should tell them that you love them back, unless you don't love them. I right. just I just told you I love. Thank you. you. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> it's, um, it's a love fest. Keep, <laughs> uh, do something nice for someone else. Okay. So check this out. When you do something nice for someone else, it releases your serotonin in your brain. It's this chemical in your brain, and they call it your happy chemical. It gets released. So you do something nice. For someone else, a happy chemical gets released in your brain, and you feel happier. You feel like a better person. Um, I did this a couple weeks ago. So I, my next door neighbor is this very, very, very old man. Older and than he, me. Yeah, he's older than Mike Lee. He's pushing like nineties, probably. So and, close to Mike Lee. Yeah, and and he's very active and everything, but his yard was kind of like getting a little overrun. So knocked on the door, ran back ten feet, and I was like, "I'm doing physical distancing." can I do your yard work for you? And he's like, please, I would love that. Right. And, um, so I freaking spent the day, did all of his yard work for him, cut down his bushes, everything. Like, and he's like, you know, and we had this really nice conversation afterwards. And it's so funny because I wasn't even tired the whole time I was doing it. The whole time I I was doing it, I was like, I'm such a good person. (laughs) I'm so nice. I'm so nice. I'm just the best. You know, that's all right. I'm just the best. No, no, it it did. It was almost selfish, (laughs) but like I spent the whole day doing his yard work and I was just like the whole time. And now he's out there watching me like off and on, but I was like, I'm just such a good person. (laughs) But that's literally how you will feel when you do something nice for someone else and I tell you what what that means to your neighbor to have someone else that 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 sense of a neighborhood you know what I mean like right. neighborly community I mean it's just you can't beat that it's no. just so priceless one of my point we're all ordering a lot of delivery right now and I make a point of every time because you're not going to open the door you're not they're just dropping stuff off now right but I make a point of once they drop something off Open the door and say thank you. Yeah, and you I see do. them yeah. like they appreciate that. That's not happening yep. to them all day long. That takes nothing for me to do. It makes me feel better that I'm thanking them for a service they're providing for me yep. while I'm at home. Yep, doing something completely different um, and just showing some gratitude. The gratitude, yeah, for the things that you have in your life. I agree. In the situation, the fact that I got to do that for my neighbor is like that's so beautiful. Where I live, and I could do that for him. I'm sure he appreciated it as well. I mean, he told me a million times. But um, on top of this, you guys, a couple more, and I'm done. Get some alone time. It is so important. Disconnect from your screens for a little bit of time, and this is kind of like what meditation will do for you, but and mindfulness, but. Get alone time. You can even go on a walk with no nobody else and no friends and no, nothing. No screens, nothing, and just walk. Get alone time. Even in your room, just get alone time. No screens, no books, 
and just be alone in your thoughts, right? Without judgment and just accept them. It's that hard. makes you uncomfortable, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> but it's so healthy for you. Absolutely. And what we did not evolve as a species to be entertained 24 hours a day. Right. And we're on this quest. Our species now is like we're on this quest to not be bored, to not ever be bored. Right? So it's 24 hours a day. need to be entertained all day long. Right. Go back and, like, get stuff away and just be alone in your thoughts. Um, and then most importantly out of all of this, more important than anything else, is to take care of yourself. Um, it's kind of like the airplane thing. When those masks drop down, you put it on yourself first. The parents put it on yourself first, and then you put it on your kids, right? Um, you, honestly, you guys, you will not be able to take care of the people around you. And this is mostly for the parents, but maybe the kids as well. But you won't for their for their life. But you won't be able to take care of the people around you if you don't take care of yourself first. Okay. Um, and I want you guys to. So I kind of learned this the hard way when my wife got designated with cancer. I didn't know how to like really cope with it at first, and I gave up on myself, and I had a lot of bad habits for the first few weeks. And once I switched to focusing on myself, and I gave myself permission to focus on myself because I felt at first I felt guilty if I did things for myself like selfish I'm bad I'm evil it's like everything was about her and the kids and um once I gave myself permission and accepted to do things for myself, it just made everything better for everybody involved, me especially. So once you take care of yourself, then you'll have the energy and the power to take care of other people. Um, and this is through everything I said before, but like um, eating right, okay, going to bed, waking up, getting dressed, making your bed, um, going on walks. I like to exercise um, like four times a week if I can, three times a week, and going on a walk, whatever exercise is for you, it's okay. There's nothing worse bad about that, you know? And um, on top of that, as we have this thing called, um, like, this, like, I want you guys to have positive self-talk because the way that we talk to ourselves is so mean. Think about how you talk to yourself. It's mean, and I've learned this, right, in the conversations that you have with yourself. So imagine if however you talk to yourself today about something or in the last week, if you had a friend that you're coaching on going through the exact same situation and they made a mistake, would you tell them they're an idiot? Would you cuss at them? But we all tend to cuss at ourselves and tell ourselves we're idiots. You would never talk to someone else like that, ever, if you're coaching them. You should never, ever, ever talk to yourself that way. Don't call yourself an idiot. Don't be negative to yourself. Positive coach yourself. Positive coach yourself, yeah. (laughs) Have compassion. Have grace. Imagine you're kind of trying to coach someone else who you love, and you love yourself more than anybody. You should. And try and help yourself So first so you can help other people. Um... And on top of that, I think this is the last thing I was going to talk about, is there's this theory, it's called uh, emotional contagion hypothesis. We got this in my... In our, Dude, those are some big words. I know. We got this in our positive thing, positive uh, psychology class in our master's, but... Um, Basically, however you treat someone, whether it's positive or negative or stressful or anxiety-filled or angry, whatever, it pushes over three layers deep. So that person's going to go back to their friends and act that way to their friends. And then those friends are going to be negatively impacted as well and go act that way to their friends. It's like the old shampoo commercial. Exactly. (laughs) 
And um, this theory shows that with parents at home on quarantine, when they show signs of stress, depression, or anxiety, that that transfers directly into their children. Directly into it, and so those children, are, their children are feeling it. And young children like mine, they don't necessarily have the skills to tell you that that's how they're feeling. So then they act up in certain ways because they don't know how to communicate that. And I just want everybody to be aware about that, and um, kind of like try and reframe, like we said, right. accept it, and and know like that's okay to feel like that but I don't necessarily have to transfer those thoughts and feelings over to other people it's not right. their fault right and so I, I think that kind of transfers us into the last part of this of talking to talking to talk someone to someone yeah I and love it that goes to everybody parents our athletes our students um Nobody's going to get this through all of this on their own. It's just not going to happen. And you don't have to fake it. Um, as far as like not transferring that to other people, you don't have to fake it. you, you got to figure out a way to deal with it. And, and I think one of the best ways to deal with it is talk to somebody. We're all, we're all feeling the same way. Nobody's on an island right now. And what you're feeling... I think if you talk to somebody, you're going to find out they're feeling the same thing. So talking to parents and, and siblings and reach out to your teachers. I, I guarantee you, if you sent uh, myself or Coach Lane or... If anybody Lee, emailed me or talked to me or called say, me, I'll hey, answer and I would love to talk to you. I would love to. There's, we do a, a Friday check-in and it's increasing every week. Of One of our things is, how are you doing? And one of the choices I'm really struggling with not knowing what's going to happen with school and that's just that's struggling and it's going to happen more and more and we got to find somebody to talk to about that and we don't have a lot of not a lot of facts we got a lot of rumors right now so Mm -hmm. um talk through it what what if this happens what if that happens how are we going to deal with this and and figure it out together um Coach Lane mentioned earlier that our district is really kind of stepping up and and getting some resources out yep. there and accessing our counselors. We will put um, there's a form that you can fill out to request um, some help from a counselor or whatever the case may be, um, and we'll put that link on our wrestling websites. And you guys have your Facebook account too. Just and yeah. we'll get that on yeah. there too, so you guys can access that. Sounds and great. It's, it's a real easy like Google form to fill fill out, and and they'll they'll give you some access. Um, it just comes down to reaching out. We we are not going to get through this alone. No, we're going to get through this together. And we're here you, for you guys. You and have girls. people that um, we care about. You we you know. We love what we do. We love the people that we work with, and and everything we do is out of that that feeling of love for each other. And yep. what you need from us, we'll we'll give you what we have, and we'll if we don't have it all for you, we'll figure out a way to get you what you need. Um, but we'll figure this out together. And it just comes down to the idea: you got to talk to somebody. Um, if it's if it's really serious, you got to reach out. You got to. You gotta access the 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 websites that are available in, in serious situations and and take care of it. Um, whatever happens at the end of all of this, um, however we come out at the end of this tunnel, we want to come out with all of us still there. Yeah. Whatever it takes to make that happen, staying healthy, washing our hands, wearing masks, seeking out some mental help if that's what we need, but. 
we all have to come out of the, the tunnel together because we've always been super strong together. We will always be super strong together. Mm-hmm. And um, we're family. We're family. Our program is a family, and it's based on, on loving one another and making each other better. And we've always done that. We will always do that. And no one's going to stop us from doing that now. Nothing. Not a virus. Not other people. Not our own thoughts. We will we'll figure this out together, and we will get through it. Um, and honestly, that's why we want to do this podcast. Yeah. We wanted to celebrate, but we also wanted to make sure that everybody understands that we're a family and we're here mm-hmm. for each other. Yep. We'll get through this together. So if you need us, please reach out. If Don't hesitate. My, I think everybody in my family, our community, BB, you guys all know that I, I love my wrestlers. I love every single one of them. I do. I truly love every single wrestler, and I live and die with, the, with them. Every single match, I do. I live and die with them. And even in the postseason when it's like that stress and anxiety of qualifying or not, I mean, I feel their feels. And I sometimes I feel like, I mean, it's not worse on me, but, like, it's it's so hard on me because I, I go through it with so many people, like up and down with so right. many different people, and I know what they've I know what you've committed to, and what you deserve. You know, I mean, a lot of our kids got what they deserve, and some of the kids didn't, and it just um, it it crushes me. It, it rips my heart in half. Right. You know, and it's and, um, it goes right to the situation we're in right now. Our seniors and our eighth graders. You're oh, right. that rips my heart in you half. You are not getting what you deserve. Um, and Can that, I do a shout-out for... And, and it sucks. Yeah. But so I'm going to let Garrett... Uh, he's got his seniors to give a little shout-out to, but I just want to put the punctuation mark on it that we're here. A lot of people are here. you got to reach out if that's what you need to do. Um, we love you guys. We really miss you guys, and we miss that energy and that... Um, the full heart that we get from being with you guys every day. Um, but we're here. If you need us, please reach out. Coach Lane, it's all So these were our seniors this year. And um, I, I love you seniors. And my heart's breaking with you about what you're going through right now. I'm missing out on everything. But uh, one, one thing that's cool, kind of like a reframe, I guess, is that you are the class of 2020. <laughs> See, you're the only people ever in history that are like... Class of 9-11 and the class of <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You were like, man... And now, murder hornets. Yeah, murder hornets. But, <laughs> um, you know, it is kind of cool that you can be like, dude, we were a class of 2020. It's like a very special class. So if you want to be a class speci- grit. more special than any other <laughs> class, that's awesome. So right now, short term, it sucks and it's horrible. Um, it's tough to deal with, but long term, it's gonna be like actually kind of cool for you guys and girls because you're like, ooh, I was class of 2020, you know, we didn't get to graduate, we didn't get to do this, but we still thrived, you know, type of stuff. So, our our senior wrestlers this year, class of 2020, Tyler Maples, whoop, whoop. Lucas Cody, whoop, whoop. I'll do the whoop whoop part. Thank we you. didn't talk about that earlier. Sebastian Bravo. Whoop. Dakota Gutierrez. <laughs> Vince Oliveira. Derek Carstensen. Emily Otterman. Orion Palomar. 
I love these kids so much. I do. Every single one of them. When I was saying their name, I was like, I have a relationship with everyone, like a one-on-one relationship. And we also have like a team relationship. And they're all just amazing kids. And I know this is tough, but you guys have the skills um, to be able to deal with some adversity, you know, and you'll be better because of it. You'll respond to this and be a better version of yourselves because of this. So let all me right, finish. Last thing. Let me finish the, uh, the mental part of this just with the gratitude you talked about earlier yeah. and all the seniors. We are grateful that you walked into our worlds oh. um, and you never walk out. I know you think you are because you're seniors and you had to go away, but you never walk out and uh, um, we're grateful for um, having you as a part of our lives and, and the, the pleasure of getting to coach you. I love and that. What a pleasure. You. What a pleasure. And, um, you're awesome. And congratulations because you are still graduates. And best of all, you're Bella Vista Bronco graduates. Woo-hoo. Nothing gets better than that. Well, I know. And, hey, and, um, my wrestlers who wrestle for me, no matter what, I will respect you for the rest of your life, and I will love you for the rest of your life. I had a little conversation with Vince Oliveira the other day, and I was like, Vince, I will always love you. I will, you know, and I feel like that, I truly am like that with every wrestler I've ever coached. Anybody who folk finishes a whole season, you know, that's hard work. That's amazing, and I will respect that. Or finishes that. six, seven, eight, nine, yeah. ten seasons. Yeah, even even more so. Right. Even more so. Well, I'm not going to lie. Even more so. But to finish, I mean, I will always respect and love a wrestler who competed for me and bought into my, our program and did what I said and, and found, you know, their success and happiness. And I just hope they don't feel, you guys don't, and girls don't, Forget about those those work ethic skills that will and resilient skills and grit skills and everything that will that will follow you and make you the best you can possibly be for the rest of your life. So. Absolutely, you, you've given us more than we've given you, and for Thank that you. we are grateful. Thank you. I know this is like a long podcast, but hey, what else are you gonna do? What else are you gonna do? And it's us. It's you the, get like hours. It's of the Corona us. cast. Exactly. It's like Cinco de Mayo without the de Mayo. I don't know. All right. So we want to do. Um, our, obviously, we can't talk about every wrestler on both of our teams, but um, that's what we normally do at our banquet. And I love that part of it because I think everybody deserves their moment, and I'm really sorry that that doesn't get to happen. Um, But we appreciate all of you and all your contributions, and I love our program. I love the kids that are in our program, and and you're all awesome. Um, But we're going to go through a few that we want to make sure that that got some mention, got some recognition. So um, I'm going to do our captains first, and... You know, as a coach, when you're you're looking at captains, you want to really kind of have a blend of people that, uh, you know, leaders by example, the vocal people, the you want your go-to people, yeah. and and I really feel like I kind of had that blend this year. Um, Garrett Hicks was one of our captains, and obviously the high-level wrestling is is a an example of, of what we want to reach and and how we want to grow and and the knowledge of the sport and the knowledge of the system and the knowledge of um, those kind of big tournaments out there and those big opponents out there and guiding other people through that. Mm -hmm. Um, Garrett brought in his best friend this year who ended up being a big part of our team. And he 
really took him under his wing and, and guided him through that. That's cool. Uh, as well as some other people. So um, Garrett was a great captain, and we appreciate every everything he contributed to our program over the last couple of years. Had him in class. Um, just a great kid. Um, incredible athlete, and it's sky's the limit for, for Garrett, and I, I appreciate everything that he did for us and, and his leadership on our team. Um, Alec Coffin, who has been in our, our program forever, and he is the guy who, man, if you want uh, somebody to come in and watch a kid work out yeah. and, and, and walk out of the room exhausted or if he's not exhausted, asking if he can stay and work out some more and just wanting to learn and just this, this drive and this, this thirst for more knowledge about wrestling and how to be more successful, um, that's, that's Alec Coffin. He, he's a great leader, great leader by example, um, and could kind of round up the troops for us and, and get that, that part going to being a captain. And then Chase Lee, um, I've literally I know known him. Chase Lee since for his forever. Um, and it's it's a bittersweet moment to watch Chase uh, um, go to me. Go to, go to you. <laughs> it's the last of the Lees um, of Dalton and, and Carson and, and Chase. And Chase is my go to guy. Anything I needed, um, anything needed to be done, all I had to do was ask and it was done. And, and it was offered before I asked. And here's. One of the things I love in, in an athlete and a kid is gratitude, as we've uh-huh. talked about forever. And there was not a single practice that ended while Chase was at Carnegie Middle School that he did not say thank you before he left the room. And you, you can throw out the argument that parents make people do that, but I work with teenagers. You don't make teenagers do anything. I love that. And Chase always did it. I have a handful of kids who do that, and I freaking love it yeah. every single time. Every time. It, I love it, it. Here's a small thing, but it's a big thing. That's a great um, statement about Chase Lee. We have one water break during practice, and at every water break, at every practice, Chase would go grab the, the mat sanitizer sprayer that we have, and spray down the mat that the kids wipe down their shoes with. What a stud. So everybody else is racing out of the room to get a drink, which is fine, because that's what we're doing. And he's taking care of everybody else. Chase is taking care of everybody else. What and a stud. That was him all around. I will miss that kid for sure. And Well, he's like know, an old man. <laughs> he, he's an old soul. Yeah, he's an old soul. He's an old soul, definitely. And, um, and I will miss him. I, I already miss him. I had him in class in first period, and he was still kind of half asleep so I could make fun of him, and he didn't have any comebacks. And, and um, Chase Lee, I will miss you for sure, and thank you for, for everything that you did. The captains were awesome, and as they always are. And uh, Chase, you have some uh, high expectations for me next year, by the way. Chase <laughs> loves down-ups. He does? Oh, down beautiful. I love that. monkey rolls. So just oh, give him all the monkey rolls. I love rolls. that. He, That's he, so good to know. Thank you, Coach. He, he loves it. Chase, I love you already, so I will oblige that <laughs> that request. All right. Coach Lane, on to you for some awards. All right. A couple of awards since we missed out on the awards banquet. And um, like I said earlier, I love, love, love these wrestlers. And I live and die with them. I get emotional with them. And I might not show those emotions outwardly just because it's part of my uh, coaching tactics but I just I mean it's like I'm like I'm vicariously living through these kids 
and I put so much into them and they buy so much into me and what I say I feel so obligated to them reaching their full potential and it can go on that forever but um just a couple small awards and and I would say this at the banquet I would go through every person and tell every tell you all how I love every person on the team which I do that's, that's I really do I mean I even love Danny Harris which is crazy to think but I do but um Danny Harris I do I love him he's got do. some issues I love him well it's understandable considering his father yeah, but he, he's he has overcome. Yeah, and you know, on that note, I just appreciate Toby more than anything this this year. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but to- I mean, Toby's kind of like that silent dude in the corner a lot of times until he's not. Until like there was that one duel where the ref was like, "Do you want to challenge this?" He's like, "Yeah, I want to challenge it." And he goes to the table. I'm like, "All right, go for it." But I will, what a lot of people don't know between me and Toby is he was uh, like in the mob thing. What do you call it? The concierge, or whatever it's called. But um, like almost all my decisions all year long, I'd be like, "Toby, what do you think about this?" Toby, what do you think? What do you think? What should I do? What should I do? What should I do? And I just love that he had so much expertise expertise and, ex- and experience and he didn't feel like pressure in the moment to like about giving me a decision he gave me freaking straight up based on all of his experience and all of his years and his dad coaching and everything um straight up the best possible answer and he gave me a real answer like a and, and real same thing when he was with our program turn around a duel what should we do here Flat out, and even yeah. if I if we didn't agree, we yeah. went in a different way. No feelings were hurt. It was he was just. I'll give you my opinion. Do what you want with it. And Toby's Toby's my boy. Like um, All right, we spent on with it. We got a lot of car rides about together. Toby's got okay. way too much airtime already. Same thing with Pete Hedrick. I love Pete Hedrick. Pete's man. He is. He is. Especially and, for a pasture guy. <laughs> wow, you're on one, huh? <laughs> but um, same thing with Pete where, you know what, honestly, you guys, like, um, first tournament of the year for the girls at Folsom, Pete had the flu, and he was like, hey, I could use some help, and it was my weekend off, and I just felt guilty as heck to leave my family on my one Saturday off, and I just told my wife, and she's like, she she's first thing she said to me, she goes, what would Pete do if you were reversed roles. He would re- he would replace you in a split second. That's the type of person he is. And right? you'd be better than us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, you're so right. And I'm so happy I have a wife that says that because I felt guilty about leaving my family on my day off. But he would do that for you. But he would, without a doubt. And he just texted me the other day, how's your family do- doing? Do you guys need any help? And so I remember that Folsom day I showed up and I told him I wasn't like sure. And then I just showed up and he's like so grateful and he left. And um, he he will do anything for anybody, for all the wrestlers. And I can always count on him, like, hey, Pete, like, so-and-so doesn't have a ride. Okay, okay, okay. Like, I'll go get him. Like, where do they live? You know. Well, um, I'll say this about Pete. Then you then you have to move on. Okay, okay, okay. Words, but I will. As Pete was the coach at Pasture, um, when our program kind of started picking up, and I always looked at what he was doing as, like, the milestone to meet and and – when he became part of our program, he was a mentor to me, and he's just... He's a great person. He and Tope, I love him. Amazing people. And there. his family. And I will go back to that Michael Lee guy. 
he's the guy that brings those people into our program. I agree. And he's agree. brought us into it, and he he developed all that. And and, and Pete brought in uh, Abby Shufar this year, who helped coach. Yeah, she's fantastic. The girls, and Love her. I know I'm getting cut off, but Abby, you're, yeah, you're freaking stud. Abby, we'll we'll make it up to you later. Everybody loves you. <laughs> yeah. But she was. Thank you, Abby, for all the work you did. She's coming I in love and you. on our kids you're awesome. times, too. She's awesome. She did kids club with me, too. So. Well, all right. When you're so, best friends with Alex, Alex Hendrick, you got to yep. be a good person. And she hiked the whole PCT last year. Okay, here we go. Um, most pins. Bella Vista Wrestling. Dylan Maples. 25 pins this year. Which... So, when I told him that, he's like, only 25? I'm like, bro. Well, four of those were me. So it's not like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, that is so many pins. Like, most kids don't even get 25 or 30 wins alone. Right. And he had 25 pins. I mean, that was absolutely dominant. Growth mindset. Yeah, absolutely dominant. And he, I think he got one pin at state as well, maybe two. But um, anyways, uh, Dylan Naples. Five and two at Vacaville duels. Both guys he lost to at Vacaville placed at state. Third at Elk Grove, like I lost to, placed at state. Sixth at Zinkin in Fresno. First at Cerritos in Los Angeles. Um, teched his guy in the finals, 100 teams. Uh, and then the next week, we're in Corning and NorCal. First at Corning. And he actually got an outstanding wrestler voted on by all the couch- coaches. And then the next week, we're in Fresno. And he got he went 3-0. And then the next week, um, section duels. And then he was a league champion. Then a section champion, he got third at Masters, and then he finished top 16 in the state championships. Pretty freaking amazing year as a junior, and I'm really excited for next year. That's it? And then uh, we have OW Girls, (laughs) Emily Alderman, uh, second at Folsom, first at Napa, which is the Literally the biggest tournament in the country for girls wrestling. First at Santa Cruz, first at regional, second at Masters, and then fifth at the state championships to make her a two-time state medalist. Um, And it doesn't seem like a lot of tournaments. That's because she wanted a challenge, and she wrestled in multiple boys' tournaments instead of going to girls' tournaments. So Sam Adams Award. To to hear about... uh, Emily's future and what she's going to do. Sky's the limit for her. Oh, I know. You know she really, all right, so Sam Adams Award, and this is our, our big award. It, it, at one time when um, when Mike Lee was running the program at Carnegie in addition to a Bella Vista, and then, and then I took it over. We had the Coach's Award, and we, we turned in the Sam Adams Award. And Sam Adams, um, I will honor him every year in talking about him and uh, – he was just an amazing kid, an amazing wrestler, an amazing teammate, and call him a friend as he, he left Carnegie and went on to Bella Vista, and just um, a coach's dream of a kid, and we lost him way too early. Mm-hmm. Um, I will. One of my favorite moments of, of Sam is he wasn't even wrestling for me anymore. He was at Bella Vista, and I was heading. I was in my car heading to a weigh-in at CASA, and Mike Lee calls me, and I pick up the phone, and he screams, Sam Adams is going to the state tournament. Wow. And that was his freshman year. And wow. He, he pulled it off with a suicide cradle. Wow. At, um, it wasn't Masters then. It was the section tournament. Yeah. Um, but it was, Mike was excited because that was the heart of that kid. He was all about 
giving your all to everything. He was a great teammate, leader, friend, student, just everything. And I, I just absolutely love that kid. And I'm, I miss him every single day. So the award um, that has his name is everything in our program. It's, it's our trophy that we're on to our second trophy now. And if you look at the names on there, they're the who's who of um, the heart of Carnegie Wrestling. Um, and so it's, it's not about wins. It's not about medals. It's not about um, what other people would call success on the scoreboard. It's that growth mindset and working hard and being there for your teammates and being about the team. Um, and the, the person that, as Nelson and, and Mike Lee and I talked this year, uh, the person that we've all agreed was the person that exhibited that the most on this team this year um, and was a part of our program since he was a little kid and came back to us and, and worked his rear end off every single day um, beyond belief. Um, and that's Alec Coffin. So, Alec, congratulations. Um, we will, I will get your award in the mail to you so that you have that symbol of it. But know in your heart and from your coaches, from Coach Lee and Coach Lund and myself, um, we are very grateful for everything that you did. And you're an example of, of hard work and, and how that hard work pays off and success and being proud of yourself and other people being proud of you. So congratulations. Um, the 2020 Corona Pandemic <laughs> Isolation <laughs> Sam Adams Award winner. Um, and this all happened way before that. So um, congratulations to Alec Coffin. Um, very well deserved. So on to you for your, your and my final award. My final thing. So the Coaches Award, as we call it at Bell Vista, um, so, we have five team values at Bella Vista, okay? And values are stronger than goals. Values are things that guide your actions, okay? So, these things are grit, resilience, commitment, gratitude, and integrity, okay? Those five things. So I was looking for the person that just exhibits those five qualities. They live those five qualities. That's their life. They don't even know anything better because values control your actions. You don't even have to think because that's my value. That's what I, that's what controls me, right? And um, actually, there's a lot of people in our team who live those five things, and it's really tough for me to decide this. Amen. And that's I went why through. The team is successful. I agree. And so I went through a bunch of different people, and I talked to some other coaches and. We kind of all concluded on one person, and um, and it's not anything against anybody else because there's so many people who who live these qualities. But we just we did. I decided we decided on Lucas Cody. Love it. I love it too. So he exhibits all of those qualities um, because last year, I mean, Lucas. At the end of his junior year, he barely made varsity lineup for the first time. Um, and he has this never-die mindset on a match, like never die. Like, he's on his back. He even won the duel with us for, in junior year to win the duel against Yuba City. That devil, I was yeah. – you were talking about him. <laughs> That's all I can think about with him is – He's on his back forever for half the match. It's not about winning. It's yeah. about what does the team – and yeah. how much weight was he giving up? Oh, a ton of weight. And he's going against their number one guy who's, like, ranked in Masters. And never – 
ever complained. Look about looks at it as an opportunity. Yeah. And he's on his back half the match and never got pinned. And awesome. he should have ninety nine percent of the people in his position at their skill level just quit and get pinned and he refused. He didn't care who the person was and going back to that, but after his junior year, I talked with his parents, and I talked with him at sections, and because um, he had a, a kind of a rough section tournament, divisional tournament, and I told him what a, the off-season plan is going to be and what will happen if he buys into it, right? And I'll tell you guys what. He bought into it. He did not miss a practice. He went to all the Sawa tournaments and wrestled in the Sawa tournaments in the spring. He was in that Carnegie room. Yeah. Every day we had a practice. Yeah. And, then, and working as yeah. hard as he could possibly work. Yeah. It wasn't a summer. And, okay, well, here, and we'll go all, through motions. And then all summer. And there's other kids that did this, too. And I'm not, like, discrediting them. No, we had a ton of kids. And yeah. it was awesome. But he, he went there all summer. Went to all fall. And it was all about the growth mindset. It wasn't about a fixed mindset where I'm not good or I'm, I have to be perfect. It was just, it didn't matter about the losses or the deterrent or like the, the setbacks. It's just about getting better, right? The whole time, just getting better, getting and better, getting better. what can I better. do for the team? Yeah, what can I do for the team? I agree. And um, once the season started, him along with a couple other guys like Tyler Maples, Sebastian Bravo, um, a few other kids who are just awesome, every single day, rolled out the mats, Set up the mats, tape the mats up. And I go out there and be like, why'd you tape it like this? Just to give them crap. But, and they would fix it without saying anything, all right? And um, all those things. He did everything right all year long. And one of my favorite moments throughout the year with him was he had started start the season with, like, a lot of success. And then a couple weeks in, we went to CASA. We took our second varsity team to CASA. And uh, Lucas got first place at the CASA tournament. It's a really tough tournament. And after the match, I mean, he just wrestled lights out, amazing. I never, I, I was like, I didn't know that he knew how to wrestle, and then he did, and he won. And right when he walked off, this look that he gave me and I gave him was just like total, just confirmation about like everything we're doing is right. Like, like he believes in me, I believe in him, and he hugged me, and it's like I almost got emotional, like. I did get a little bit emotional about it. And he's all sweaty and Feel everything. the feels. Gosh, I Feel know. I agree. <laughs> that was one of my favorite moments of the year. And after that, he was just even more all in than ever. And he already was all in. And um, so even at the, the, the our, our kids' tournament, everything I said, Lucas, go grab this. Okay, coach. Lucas, go grab that. Go do this. Go blah, blah, blah. Everything. Yes, coach. Yes, coach. Yes, coach. And he just worked his tail off. Lots of other kids did as well. And then by the end of the year, um, Lucas, you know what? Um, he was all league. He is a master's qualifier. And he actually ended up getting top 12 at Masters, which is absolutely incredible for a person from their JV sophomore year, junior year, they're barely in university, and then they buy in, and then they're top 12 at Masters, like basically a match away from state or from placing in Masters in a year at his weight class. I mean, incredible. And I just don't have enough word, kind of words to say to Lucas, and um, we'll miss him. And we'll miss that whole generation of seniors next year because they were just fantastic. So I love all of you guys, Dakota, Vince, Derek, Sebastian, Tyler, Emily, Orion. I love all of you. All of them had great character trips, traits and um, were just phenomenal people on this team. And Lucas is a part of all of you for sure. So 
so I'm, I'm just going to finish this little section out with one congratulations to everyone we had on our team, and I wish we could talk about everybody. Me too. Um, but we are going back to the gratitude gratitude part of it. We're grateful. We're we're blessed as coaches. Um, so blessed. We love what we do, um, but it's really the the kids and the families that make it what it is, and. Um, we thank you. We thank you for a great season. We thank you for everything you do for us. And more, most importantly, we thank you for your trust. You trust us to do what's best for your kids, even when it's hard. Um, even thank when, you. When you have to step back and, and, and watch your kids go through some painful stuff and some painful emotions. It's hard. But we know as coaches that it will help them grow. And you you trust us and you support us. So we thank you for a great season. Um, and go Scroncos.